3: This is New England Soccer Weekly with Tom Quinlan, Nick Giuliano, and Mike DeSilva on 790 The Score.
0: All right, New England Soccer Weekly back on your air. Very exciting show this week, boys and girls. We might as well get right to it. Mike, Nick, guys, how are you? What's up? Doing good, doing good. Happy weekend, all. Happy weekend. Going into match week nine. Match week nine. Match week nine. Flying. And sporting Kansas City this weekend in, well, okay, you're sitting in first place in the Eastern Conference right now, but you're tied on points with Table FC Cincinnati. Uh, St. Louis SC downing, drubbing FC Cincinnati, so now you're in first place in the East. But it's another game that just leaves
3: a bad taste in my mouth. Columbus? Mm. Yes. Why? Well, to the it, circumstances weren't great. I mean, like you know, things happened in the game that weren't great. I, At the well, end it, of the I, game, I think sure. It's, it, I think this. the, the storyline this week is Dylan Barrero
0: the fact that Barrero gets the red and just completely undisciplined, you go from a game where, overall, before Barrero gets sent off, you're loving what you see. Like, they're on the road. You really didn't think that they would be playing as pressing as they were, especially without Gustavo bow especially without uh, Bobby Wood. And they did really well. And Rioni. If he just buries one of his chances in the first half, I think you take Columbus completely out of that game. And then you get the lead, and you're like, okay, you're kind of cruising here for the final 30 minutes. You might be able to steal three points on the road versus Columbus. And then the maturity of Dylan Barrero shines, or for the lack of, shines through. And I said it last year. When Dylan Barrero was going to Miami and jet setting to South Beach after home games. And I said, hey, doesn't seem like this guy's focused. Everybody came down on me and said, "Okay, hold
1: on. Let's let's not do this. It, It was one game. And it was, and it was, it was a moment. It was a lapse of judgment, for sure. That that first card it, for descent, you can't let. Well, happen. Hold on, let me finish. Uh, but this is—I don't know if this isn't going to be. We don't need a grandiose monologue right now. And then, Bruce,
0: after the game, on Saturday night, points out the real lack of maturity that Dylan Barrero has right now. And I think it's going to be detrimental. Well, first off, you don't have him this weekend. So now you got to I don't think it's going to kill you versus a terrible sporting Kansas City team. But at the same time, when the hell is this kid going to grow up? Because just when you think he's starting to figure it out and put it together, you get that. And you know what? We tried to tell you last year. It doesn't shock me. And it leaves a bad taste in my mouth because I really don't care about all of the extra time from the uh, deciding was it a handball That's was it interesting. not a handball I, I didn't
1: I prepared for a, a totally different show today
0: Probably was a handball by the way he got away with it So it's not that that is should leave you in rage it's what Dylan Barrero did to 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 lose you 3 points And then the managing at the end of the game also loses you 3 points So I'm not walking out of here thinking, oh, this is a great tie versus Columbus on the road. It's another game against a really good in-conference opponent where you didn't get the job done. See, that's, not, what's, I, that's what's sticking out of me right now.
1: I definitely think New England had overall better play, but going back and watching that game again, these are two very good teams. I actually thought it was a quality MLS game that we saw on Saturday night. Columbus is good, mm. and Columbus good Columbus had plenty of opportunities where Petrovic came up big that they just missed as well. Right. So I don't I don't know if it was as big of a domination, Tom, as you're making out to be. I, I think this game could have gone either way. Uh, I do think, like I said, New England was better, but – Again, for week eight, uh, and a team that continuously is getting points, it's another point on the road, I, I don't see too much wrong here.
3: No, and again, if this was a home game and, you know, later in the season, we might have looked at this, you know, under a magnifying glass a little bit closer. But I think overall, you kind of got what you wanted, right? Like, you're happy leaving Columbus with a draw. I think so. It's a very good team. Yes, Tom, I understand they could have won the game. I understand. Yeah, but Tom the wants them to win every game. It just doesn't work out it's, that way. It's fine. I get it. I, I completely understand that. But at the end of the they day. also could have lost this game, You cannot Tom. look back on that game and say that, wow. Wow, it's a complete loss of a week. It's a complete disappointment. You got a point on the road against one of the other better teams in the Eastern Conference. I think that's. I think that's a win. The Dylan Barrero stuff is disappointing. Um, that one I, moment, the second
1: card. What I mean, what, that was warranted. That yeah. yellow card. No, no, and, what? and that does happen. But the descent one, you can't let happen. It, for and, sure. and,
3: and I think that the he, the type of player that he is, it's just something you're going to have to live and die with. You know, he. It, yes, could he be more mature at times? Absolutely. But that's just how some of those guys are. You got to live and die with his personality because he's a dynamic player. He's a guy that likes the ball at his feet. And sometimes they come with a little more drama. And he made that goal happen. Exactly. So, yes, I don't think – I don't think that this
0: is – But that was the turning point in the match, I think. I really do think – did you – you it know, affected
3: the match. I think. I think it affected the match for sure. But, it's, but, but, of but, course, it was to the point.
0: But, to the point where you let Columbus back in the game because of that moment, because you couldn't control yourself in that moment. And but you're I right not about Columbus. You know, I don't know if that
1: the, to let them back in. I don't know if that's right though, because I think they. So it is. I, I don't think so, because if you go back and you look, they had plenty of opportunities throughout the course of the ninety minutes.
0: Sure, I, I think they had moments, but I think largely the game was
3: controlled by New England. I would say without you know going over. I don't it. know
1: about largely, but I, I think New England had the. Best Better overall play but I I think it was pretty I think it was
3: close enough I I, I do agree that New England was the better they were the better of the two teams yes on on a grand scale but I don't think it leaned so much towards New England that this is an easy like oh yeah this is the reason why they lost I think I think it was two good teams that played a you know a good match and unfortunately Revolution made some mental errors well even okay still in Barrera specifically yeah, and then I
0: think, you know, you got to finish your chances with Rioni a couple times in the box, cuts free, and there's just no power behind his shots. And I asked him after the game. Okay, you
1: know, hold on. So the, this I'm going to do I knew you were going to say this. So I prepared for this. You go back and listen to Adam Buxa. I'm going to say the same thing that I said about Buxa that I'm going to say about Ver- Veroni. Are they the same player? No, but it's the same type of concept. Do you want him to score? Yes. he He's being paid as a forward to score. That's the ultimate goal, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But a player that is coming off, as you talked about, Mike, an injury, just getting integrated back into the uh, starting lineup for the first time, coming off a goal, he put himself in positions to score. There were three very good opportunities. One, by the way, went off the crossbar. The other one, the goalie just tipped it wide. That was going in. So do you want him to score? Yes, but for his performance there, I yeah. I, I, w- I thought it was a, a very
3: very strong performance for Veroni getting that start. He's building confidence for sure, and then that's the key because we saw the same thing with Adam Buxa was that at the beginning because he struggled, his confidence took a hit. You could tell he wasn't getting the playing time. You can tell he was pretty uncomfortable out there. But then now you start to build some of these games. He had a, he has a goal now. I'm talking about Veroni now. He has a goal. Got He's more getting more He's getting more minutes. He got the start. You know, so I think that there's a lot of things working in his favor that is only going to benefit him. And there are going to be nights where those goals, those opportunities go in. Sure. It's just a numbers game.
1: And for those looking for another example, if you go back and watch the Revolution goal, which was an own goal because Dylan Brero played a perfect ball in, if the defender wasn't there, Veroni was right next to him. And then that's his goal. And then that's his goal. goal. So that, again, he's in the right spot. So. I'll say it again. Do you want him to score every time he shoots the ball? Yes.
0: He's still not. Yeah.
1: But he he I, he showed a lot to me coming off the bench. Big and he sh- showed more to me against Columbus, and that's what you want to see in a maturation of he a was player. Very
0: good in a big moment versus Columbus, especially because as I said at the top, no wood, no bow. So he he played well. He played well when you could, when you job. needed him. Still so You know.
3: Yeah. When you needed him. I wish he gave you a quality performance. He gave you it. Yeah, he gave you. would it have been better if he scored. Absolutely. Definitely. Those days will come
0: uh, the other problem the other night. Bruce's decision making mm. at the end of that game made no sense to me. Why do you bring on Ima Boateng for Latif blessing?
1: Oh, I, I'm going to go above. I'm going to jump that you're correct. Why is Josie Altidore the first player off the bench in the 76th this, minute when you're down when you're up one nil down a man? How does that make sense? Even with the. De- I know Kessler's I think not it, there.
0: Josie has a hold up striker, is probably better in that spot why? than Brioni. What think that? That's what I think Bruce is going for. And Seth Maycomer from the Blazing Musket has talked about in the past about how this system is, you know, set up for strong, you know, uh, hold up strikers. And yeah, but you have much, to. You, your thought process and, and has to
1: change when you're up one 0 down. A player, f-
0: 14 minutes left in the game. I think Josie's also a bigger body. He's more experienced, and you need a. I think you need a striker to close out the game. There didn't, didn't, I, I didn't think, look I great. Think EMA, didn't look great. I think the Ema sub is more egregious because Latif Blessing has probably been the most consistent player when he's playing. For the Revs this year, obviously he's been hurt. and a I agree with that. But when he's that out something there, makes he's sense. the most reliable player you've got. I thought taking him out at the 83rd minute, like you said, down him in. You get to bring in Ima Boateng, who, you know, the only reason time we ever see Ima here is when, in case of emergency, break glass emergency for Ima. I know, so, Kester,
1: I know Kester wasn't there, Mike, but you look at the bench, and it's not great options because yeah, they're dealing with not. some injuries, injuries right now. It wasn't deep. But to me... Bruce Arena, who for decades we, we've talked about this before, park the bus, try to get out of there with a one 0 victory. You're down a man. Your first substitution is to swap forwards. Where again, I don't love these options, unfortunately, but you have a McCoon, you have even an Ema, I would have I would have maybe dropped him back more. You even have Omar Gonzalez, you could play five in the back mm. to try to steal a win. I don't. Again, I, I it's, it's tough because of the depth right now, but I still wouldn't have brought Josie on. First. I think. I think the thought process. Well, is Noel theirs. was brought on
0: before Josie. Noel was brought on for Esmir in the sixty-third minute. Then Josie gets brought on, for which Jocelyn. is a defensive
1: move.
3: That one. That 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 one's fine. Yeah, and and I think what from there the moves that were made. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with them, but I can at least reason with the fact that he's probably just looking for. Uh, f- fitness. You fresh want somebody legs. that's fresh, and you want a okay. body, and you want body, and, and Josie's a bigger body. You know, you, you you start thinking about okay, down a man. Columbus is going right? to be. Yeah. They're going to be coming down on the attack. You're going to have opportunities for uh, you know free kicks, corner kicks. Josie's a bigger body that can get in there and kind of bang around inside the 18. Ima I can is, live with that. Ima has a motor. You know, blessing still maybe not at 100. percent you already gave you eighty three minutes. What was it? Eighty third minute he came off. Eighty third minute, but still you're down a man, and that's you know. That's, but you're looking that's your for fresh of, legs. Yeah. You're looking for fresh legs, and if you're maybe not he deep, saw something with blessing that he was slowing right. Up a and if bit. you're not deep, you you don't want. If there's eleven men out there, I don't see those swaps happening. But it's a fact that you're playing down a man. You need somebody that's going to be able to get up and down. And hey, it might even be able to give you an opportunity on a counterattack. So, do I necess- Would I have made those exact moves? Probably not, but at the same time, I can at least, with upon further thought, give a reason why Bruce made those and, decisions. And, Tom, I'm going to walk back a
1: little bit from what I said just at talking this out now because of something that we have talked about as a strength for them really went out the window against Columbus. No Bobby Wood, no Henry Kessler, no Henry, and no yeah. Gustavo bow So three of your top players— out So that really pushes the depth chart way down. So I, I guess I have to walk it back with the coach a little bit because there, there isn't the options there. So maybe that was a stop. Yeah.
3: Positive. And, and, you know, you also got to think about something like your.
1: I just didn't, when he came in, I just don't see him doing anything. It's besides like committing he's fouls. Plugging, he's
3: <laughs> plugging up holes. I yeah. Mean, yeah. He's banging bodies. He's, he's being physical. He's getting back you know and i the the blessing thing to me seems strictly to get fresh legs in there yeah
0: it it's, it's another game where in a big moment Bruce's personnel decisions this year have not paid off. Yeah, but he was New hampered this week. I get, I he get it. handcuffed.
3: This I get it. I'm just saying it's. But something did they that stood pay out. off? Because they still escape with a draw. You true. Escape, you
0: escape with a draw, but you were still winning. But again, I blame Br- all, for all of this week. It's not Andrew Farrell's handball, which I I don't think you know we need to spend a tremendous amount of time on because I don't think that's the story of the game. I think well, if
1: you're on social media, if it was, you're Willie wow. White
0: Law, it is. If you, if you're anybody that's on the Revs admin, it is. If you are maybe some front. Office members, it is. But for, I think, a fair and partial person watching that game. I think you gave it
3: away. I think the the story
1: of it is the VAR itself, the length of time that it took, the duration to come to that decision. The addition of the extra minutes after the 95th minute makes sense because of how long it took. Two and a half to three minutes. You watch it, and it's got
3: to be one or the other. It should not take this long. VAR is just such an infuriating bit of
0: technology. What made VAR so good is that it's not the NFL because the NFL, you go over under the hood. You have
3: to look at the replay five times. VAR, somebody's in your ear. Yes, no play on that's it pretty much I mean they still leave it up to the refs discretion to they're asked to review it and then they still have to go and make the call on their own but I think in my head and it's the same way with uh, in the NFL where they have the booths challenge I think if it's if it warrants a review there's probably a good chance that it's whatever the call was is going to be overturned you yeah. know like there's there's a good chance that that's the case uh, but whatever VAR is just a never-ending battle all over the world it's it's not a perfect technology they're trying I guess just an unlucky
1: spot because the revolution being down a man for that long, you just yeah. have to try to eke it out for two more minutes. It's a tough spot. And I know there are people on social media like circling, look at the marking here. I mean, you just can't. You're down a man. You can't do that. You've been down a man There's for gonna be, 30 plus guess minutes. What? It's You're down difficult. a man?
3: At least one person is open. Oh, that's a guarantee because there's not enough people to cover them. And
1: and it was a perfect head ball. It really, I mean, Petro has been so good. You have to, in order to beat him, it's got to be a a perfect shot. This was a perfect head ball, right past. And you you have the built-in
3: excuse that they're down a man. Like that's your built-in, like why didn't they escape with three points? That's an easy one. I actually
1: thought the defense played very well against a team. Dave is a stud.
3: Yeah. Dave Romney is so
1: good. A team that scored 12 goals in three games that's been firing on all cylinders, they really, really put the clamp down, and they had to score in the last minute of extra time. It it was a really good performance by them and the keeper, for sure. We have about
0: five minutes before we go to Twelman. We're a quarter of the way through the season. What sticks out to you so far? I'll go first. This is a good team, but it also could— come collapsing down very easily if they go reverting back to the inconsistencies of what killed them last year. And I think a lot of it had to do offensively. Be more specific. I think offensively, offensively there was a stark difference from 2021 to 2022. And obviously, a lot of that had to do with you lose Tajon, you lose Buxa, fine. But... If Rione doesn't get going, you're essentially kind of in the same spot you were as 2022. Other than that, this is a very good team. Mm. Offensively, you're going to have to ride and die with what you've got right now. And it's working right now, but who knows where it's going to go long term. Nothing's really changed from 20. Like you, you've pretty much enhanced at every position except
3: striker. That, well, the, I TBD I also and don't, don't know if that's true But you true. also have added somebody in Bobby Wood Who's already produced for you And, and, Bo, is, and Gustavo bow Bo, Bo, who, Who's looked the best he has since the Supporter Shield Bobby, season
0: If Bobby Wood's not here Do you have the start that you but do? But he is here I'm just saying
3: no, you're 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 making a. This is a Tom Quinlan special. This is, you're it,
1: watching it on YouTube. You you're just, listening to it on you, the you podcast. You see, a
3: head spinning. You literally just said he's if trying to do. They do this. all these things that they did while they were bad. Well, no, you know what? If if Bobby Wood wasn't here, well, he is. So you're making all these things that well, don't it, exist. This is what he he's does. He's hurt right now. Hopefully, he's not. This is not a right, long-term issue. You're the also injury seen, bug. That's not your
1: point. No, no, no. That's not your point.
0: It's part of it. It's not the injury bug has been was something that killed this team last year. It, it hurts it, most teams. Bring and if it comes back in, are you deep enough to be able to prevent so, the issues that plagued you in 2022? So
3: based on so to answer answer your own question, I what think, is your take on this team for the first quarter of the season? It's yeah. a good team, but dot dot dot. Okay, so that still I doesn't answer. Say, the question. I mean, that's you that, can that, say that about anything. Sure. Could, the whole team could get injured tomorrow. Yep.
1: No, I, I get through week eight, if you go back and you watch this show or you listen to it, people like Tom were very down on this team and had a million question marks after the 2022 season. And I think some, most of those were fair from what you saw. But eight weeks in, I'm not talking about the table. You can't look at the standings this early on. Is it nice that they are towards the top right now? Sure. I think that one thing that you said is true. They've really elevated in all areas of the field, goalkeeper, Defense, midfield, forward. So if I'm a New England Revolution fan, eight weeks in, I'm feeling like I'm in a good spot right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, and, and I also think that sorry, the, the last thing is with the injury bug. You saw what happened with three of their top players went down. They went into Columbus, who was is playing at a high clip this this early in the season, and came out with a point.
3: Yeah, that's a positive. It's a positive, and you you remove that one game in L.A. Uh, where at this point, the anomaly game, the anomaly game and, and we've gotten takes from basically half A- the staff A- now at MLS Season <laughs> Pass <laughs> on Apple TV. Shout out. Shout out to our team over there that they agree that, you know, you take away that LAFC game and this team is probably the best team in the league up to this point. One of. I mean, you still have LAFC. You have Atlanta, that's what I'm United. saying. LAFC is ahead of them. You put them ahead of them now. Because they three
1: have three weeks of consistent Apple personalities that have said otherwise. Though, but they're putting the revolution first. They're putting them over them.
3: This past weekend really showed me where this team improved biggest. Does that make sense? Yeah. Improved most and biggest. Yeah. It's, it's in their depth. And are they going to always be able to, with that depth, go out and win you games and keep you at the top of the table in the East for the rest of the season? Probably not, but that's why you have depth. It's for games like that where you need to plug and you need guys to come off the bench and give you time, including during a red card game. That's got to feel pretty good. The team looks good; they're playing well, and you know they're a red card—they're a non-red card away last week from probably stealing three points in Columbus. I do
1: think it's a great point, though, because let's look at the back line, right? You—you had a back for that or L.A. game aside, playing some of the best defense in MLS. Your starter goes out with Henry Henry Kessler. Look, Andrew Farrell off the bench. There's not an MLS team that has that good of an option right now off the bench to start. So that's that's another positive that this team didn't have last year. Uh,
0: Also, MLS season passes, very own Taylor Twalman. Coming up next here on New England Soccer Weekly. All right. New England Soccer Weekly rolls along here and very excited to have on MLS Season Pass's very own Taylor Twelman join the show. Uh, I've known Taylor for years. It's nice to actually get him to sit down for an interview, though. It's uh, it's good to catch up with you, Taylor. Welcome to New England Soccer Weekly in Providence. You got Tom, Mike and Nick with you.
3: What's
2: going on, boys? How are
3: you? Doing great, doing good, man. Appreciate it. And I think we got to add uh, a New England Revolution legend, U.S. soccer legend, on top of that as well for a proper introduction.
1: Respect on his name. Yes,
3: media legend. I mean, I mean, at this point, what is it? Ten years you're
0: on television now.
2: No, this is, uh, dude. You're dating me. I'm actually. This is fourteen. 14. 14. Nice. Oh, okay. So I gave you a couple of years.
0: 14 years on TV. And you know, you got, it was, uh, what, Brad Feldman and Liz Summers that helped you really get your start on TV. Cause you started with, uh, the original Fox sports soccer, correct?
2: Uh, no, no. So, um, it was actually Dale Arnold, oh, um, Dale, okay. is a local guy. Dale Arnold was a big one. Michael Holly. Um, I would say Michael Felger, um, new England sports boston was a massive part 2010 world cup there was a couple gentlemen there still to this day uh kevin miller who uh just gave me a heads up and said i think you'd be good at tv and i was like f that i hate tv i hate media and here i am 14 years later i'm one of you you knuckleheads yeah
3: well i mean
2: (laughs) it's good actually what am i talking about i am the knucklehead i'm an idiot what am i talking about i'm the idiot (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well it's good company for us to be and maybe not so much you to be in the same company as us but, <laughs> good call uh we do appreciate you joining us and first of all got to be super excited you know big transition for you career-wise as well with mls season pass talk a little bit about uh how that came about how they approach you because they, i mean they couldn't have had a landed a better um you know host there with you i i appreciate that i i, I think uh, as all of us a- Anyone that knows me is if, if if I'm not doing
2: something where my heart's into it, I'm not going to do it. And so uh, ESPN for 13 years uh, treated me with the utmost respect, gave me the platform that I never thought I would have had that ultimately helped me with the Concussion Foundation and so many different things, hosting sports, center, things that, again, if you would ask me 13 years ago, I would have been doing that. I would have said, no way, you're out of your coconut. Um, but there Interest in soccer, for lack of a better word, um, was dwindling. It it was hitting a wall. There was times when uh, frustration was settling in within the soccer group that we weren't doing enough for for Major League Soccer, for the FA Cup, for whatever it was. And so it was kind of difficult to then be motivated to say, okay, when they lost the U.S. men's national team and women's national team stuff, they lost Major League Soccer, they lost the Euros – At that point, I was then really being offered a great deal, but none of it was soccer. Mm. And so for me not to do soccer, guys, I I just – listen, hosting SportsCenter, hosting other shows, yeah, it's awesome. But I always wanted that to be secondary, not primary. And so when it all came down to it, uh, it took me about five minutes in my meeting with Apple. And when you hear and see – the aspirations of where they want to take Major League Soccer in the ten-year deal—I uh, couldn't sign quick enough. Yeah, it
0: kind of feels like Apple's the guinea pig for what is to come for professional sports in general. You know, Major League Soccer, I should say, is the guinea pig for what's to come for Major League Sports in general because it seems like Amazon, Apple, all of these streaming companies are have endless amounts of money to just pour in and, and deliver. Uh, content that is built for you know the streaming age. I'm interested though. You know what do you think about the way that the the eyeballs have been coming from you know having the broadcast TV deals with ESPN and Fox, ABC. Do you do you think that it's hurt MLS at all, or how do you think it, you know the, the league is capitalized on trying to keep that attention? Because uh, there are a lot of people that have been watching MLS as, as the, we've seen in recent
2: memory. Yes and no. The numbers were also extremely stagnant on um, linear television. The numbers never rarely moved. Uh, You can look at it. The data will tell you that the numbers rarely moved in soccer, whether it's the Premier League, whether it's League MX, whether it's Major League Soccer. The numbers have always been eerily similar. And yet for Major League Soccer, they wanted a partner uh, that wanted to take it a different route, that wanted to grow it. And in, in order to do so, You've got to change the schedule. You've got to make sure uh, that your product's being seen in, in its best elements under the lights, 7.30 at night. Uh, so there are a lot of factors that come into this. I think, first off, Rome wasn't built in a day. So what you see from Apple now is not what you're going to see from Apple in six months. And it's not what you're going to see from Apple in 24 months. But the idea and the foundation that now... You can get rid of certain things that were hindering your ability to grow, like the schedule, like certain other factors. Now you set yourself up perfectly to to where you want to be. The most important thing to this entire conversation is what we are talking about right now on this Zoom and on this podcast The media world in the next two years is going to completely change. Look at Valley Sports and the local media deals that they had. They just filed bankruptcy. That's 42 teams. Now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that would have been four, maybe five MLS teams that would have been in that. So you've got to think ahead of the game. And I think while it is a risk because you're not in front of certain eyeballs at the moment, I think it's better to ask that question in two or three years from now because when this entire landscape changes – that's going to be the real question of where are you getting the eyeballs?
1: Well, that actually goes into to my question just to build on that, Taylor. Nine weeks in, we're, we're going into match day nine. What are things with the broadcast that you've liked so far and then things that you think that could be built upon going out throughout the season on Apple?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, guys, I, I know the plans and the ideas that Apple and Major League Soccer have, and I think they're intriguing. I think the ability to have 24-7 – seven days a week, MLS content, content built around growing your league, discussing your league, all of that, that is always going to be there. That's always, there's a need for that. We, we as a group, we haven't gotten there yet. We will get there. That's the most exciting part. But that's also the part where I would say right now, nine weeks in, you can now see a need where Monday through Friday, I want to be discussing MLS. I want to hear debates and analysis and, and critiques about the league. Uh, first and foremost, the cameras, uh, oh the God, audio. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, you, you don't you don't need me to tell you. It's, no, it's the beautiful. league. The, our our league has never been seen in that manner. Um, but listen, you're you're, you're doing things. We're, we've had some broadcasts where the audio is a little difficult. We've had some broadcasts where it's not. They're, as you guys said, and as I would tell you, Apple's trying to figure this out. Major League Soccer's trying to figure it out. Uh, Guinea pig is. Fairly, fairly good to say, right? That's a fairly accurate description. I think it's a little disingenuous just because Major League Baseball did 50 games on Apple TV last year. They did have that experience, but this is now over 690 some odd games and that's not including MLS next pro games and whatnot. I I just look forward to Plus the studio show,
0: the plus the the wraparound, plus the, the home interface pages that are built and, and like you're building I mean, it is your own network. Like there's nothing like you don't have to worry about seeing basketball scores or NBA playoff scores. Like if you just want direct MLS content, that, and that's re- all you gotta pay for. And now. we've
1: talked about it too, the ability to replay games and rewatch the games that you missed, either yep. the recap or the ninety minutes. That that's a game changer too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I just look at that homepage, guys. You, if you're a Revs fan, you click on the Revs fan. Uh, I want to see press conferences. I want to see all this stuff. I want to see debate shows. I want that's going to come and that's going to be there. But to think that that is now Major League Soccer, not the NBA, not the NHL, not the NFL, not Major League Baseball. I've got a couple really good friends in the NBA world, and I know for a fact that what they saw in the first three to four weeks of the MLS interaction and the ability of what Apple and MLS were putting on their platform, they it's got them very intrigued with their media deal up and coming because it's changing it. You guys, we haven't talked about, though, the most important thing, and that's this. And this is where, I don't know how to measure it, but 108 countries get your games with no blackouts at no times. And that's the one thing that I think Apple wants to transform, and they're using Major League Soccer to show... But if you're the NBA, if you're the Premier League, if you're the Bundesliga, if you're all these leagues that are coming up and you can use one media partner to put your product on at the same time with no blackouts, no restrictions, no rules, guys, you're rewriting the laws of sports media. And that's, I think, what I've got from being at Apple for this short amount of time. That's where they're not going to do anything that, one, they half-assed, but two, more importantly, they don't transform something.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, that's the biggest. It was a Nigel Riococo we were speaking with uh, in regards to some of the international players playing in MLS, and now uh, their family yeah. members have the ability to watch their games right from home as opposed to having to find some type of illegal stream or something in the past. So it, it, That's a great point. two, Literally two days ago, I was sitting um,
2: at a golf tournament, and I was talking with Colin Montgomery. Colin Montgomery brought it up. He brought it up. He's like, yeah, I watched an MLS game on Apple TV the other day, and he's his home's in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think we know that. Like, there's players, there's foreign players now telling me and telling other people, yeah, now we everyone's watching the games. And a lot of it is in some big countries, in some big leagues, where now all of a sudden it becomes a real recruiting tool. And if you're seeing games in 1080p and the audio looks good and it's under the lights, it actually becomes your best marketing tool as well for players outside the league.
0: And then you look at what's happening in your city of St. Louis. And if I'm a new player, I'm going that atmosphere, that organization, that grassroots movement is something I want to be a part of. And, and I would love to know, uh, just your overall thoughts of just the dream start for, you know, really your home city's club, St. Louis.
2: Yeah. Listen, St. St. Louis city, um, is putting the it, it, <laughs> they're putting their money where my mouth has been for the last uh, I would say 10 to 15 years. I've been on my horn, I've been tooting my horn and tooting St. Louis and just telling everyone and anyone that wanted to listen, if Major League Soccer is going to expand, you have to be in St. Louis. You can't think that just Cincinnati, Nashville, Austin, St. Louis through and through uh, is one of the few cities in America where soccer's in the fabric. Now in saying that, Nobody expected this, and I think it's been a little miscalculated the job Lutz Fahnenstiel has done in bringing all the foreign players over sooner so they were there for six, seven months. They played in MLS Next Pro. They understood what it is, um, but to think that they'd be leading the supporter Shield after eight weeks, no way. You could have given me a $1,000 free bet. Um, I wasn't taking that bet. I can promise you that. So good on them. There's a lot to be had. Uh, but there's still a real part of me when I'm in that stadium in at city park that thinks about what downtown Boston will be when they get their stadium, and oh, that is something Taylor, I will never
1: lose. Taylor, don't do this with Tom. Taylor, God, come on, man. Enough PCTM no, Stadium talk. Let's not do no, this right no, now. No,
2: no, no, no. I will never lose uh, that hope, that dream, um, and that is something that if New York City can build a two and a half billion dollar soccer stadium with a casino in it, with all of the state legislature and everything lined up. And until the shovel's in the ground, I get it, right? So we all want to wait until the shovel's in the ground. But there is going to be a day when downtown Boston has a stadium. And and I just, what St. Louis has done and what they've done with it, Boston would absolutely be a home run. And I I just can't wait to that day.
0: But Taylor, you have politicians that hate the revs and that they hate the crafts and they are doing everything and the environmentalist groups are doing everything they can to Prevent this thing from happening. You had Winnet Circle most recently go to the MBTA for half the price that Bob Kraft would have paid for it in 2018. You had the Boston Teachers Union back in 2017 kill the Bayside Expo Center. The last hope that we have at this point is Everett, and it's just like it, to me the everything doesn't make sense because why would Bob Kraft go help another billion go save another billionaire? Because I, I don't think the Win properties as are. You know, making hand over fist like, you know, I think they were hoping for. And I think Bob Kraft putting a stadium in there um, saves win. But I, I, I'm going to bash my head over the table. But anyways, Sorry.
2: you know, what do you, you got to say about Pandora's that? box over here, Taylor's. Yeah, Taylor? Taylor did someone
1: feed you notes, Taylor? <laughs> like, what's going on? I can't,
2: I can't. No, I, I, I think you're misreading the opportunity there with win. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right so let's move, um, let's
1: move on to the field with the revolution. you talked about St. Louis's hot start the New England Revolution coming off a, a down 2022 20, year we can leave that behind. What have your thoughts been on them eight weeks in and did you think they were going to be as have as well of a start as they have had so far?
2: uh yes, and I'm not saying that surprisingly, but I don't think it's that big of a odd thing to think about. It's not as if this team all of a sudden just forgot who they were. You know, this, this is a team that was really, really good. The best regular season we've ever seen. And it's not as if a lot of those guys all of a sudden left and forgot it. Now, in saying that, I think Bruce Arena, he won't say it publicly, but I think naturally he looked at last year, needed to adjust a little bit. Um, I actually think uh, they've got a real shot at being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I also, though, there's a part of me that thinks they're being – they're out kicking their coverage a little bit. This summer – When someone offers seven to twelve million dollars for Petrovich, you have to sell him. Mm. You have to sell him. And so what do you do with that? If you look at the metrics and analytically get into it, they do give up a lot of chances. And Petrovich is as good as Andre Blake, if not better. And so is he saving you points to be in this spot? I just I've said it. I'm gonna say it again. I think Carlos Heel is gonna be the best player in revolution history. He is a special talent. Uh, they've got enough guys that can put the ball in the back of the net. I just think if you have to move on from Petrovich because the deal is so good, which, by the way, would be remarkable and they've had two goalkeepers bring in $15 million as a business move. It's just unbelievable. But Petrovic is a real, real game changer. I think that's a situation I'm really going to be interested in this summer. Because that may change the likelihood of where the revs finish.
0: But let me ask you about Petrovic, because I think last year was a sign that you can't sell your top players in season. Because we saw how it completely destroyed the revs for the rest of 2022 after you lost Turner, after you lost Buxa. Can they get a similar deal like they got? With Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
2: hold on. Last year they struggled because they lost Turner.
0: Uh, no. I would say that was part of it. I would say that not, first off right first in. off
2: not having them after frostbite gate you know, killed you and then
0: uh defensively <laughs> they pretty much had the same holes that they did um
3: Yeah, but there, there was I think there was I think the bigger well, production
1: the 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 production was the bigger issue. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I think it did not help
3: either. You know, Carlos Heel was Kind of out of it. Ball was hurt. There was a lot of other issues. I don't think Turner.
2: But the larger question
0: is: No,
3: can you, can you can you keep these guys until the end of the season and try to find a club
0: that'll do the same deal that you did with Tejan?
2: Why LAFC sold seven players, brought in eight mid-season, won the Supporters Shield and won MLS Cup. So
0: New England's not Los don't... Angeles.
2: Yeah, that, it says who like, ta- like Rosarena. He says that you can't get the same type of player. What? Why is that? What, what of type stadium. of player can? What type of player does LAFC have or has signed in the last 10 months that costs that much money that the Revs can't get?
3: It's more of a, well, there's always been kind of, as you know, as a former Revs player, uh, there's always been this kind of like, they don't have the appeal that maybe a New York City and LA has. Like obviously Gareth Bale, for example, went to LA last year. Uh, and as you know, he wasn't a super fact, you know, factor there. But he did have a big play in, in the MLS Cup, and it just seems as if sometimes New England struggles bringing in that type of player. Not that it's necessary; they've done an incredible job. No, building you're not. Their own you're not. You're not wrong.
2: You're not wrong. First off, New York City is wrong to put in that conversation because no one wants to go there right now because they play in a baseball stadium. Yep. But you're not wrong. However, until recently, and do you know why? They sold Tejan. They sold Matt Turner. How'd they, how'd they get Petrovich? They convinced Petrovich, if you come here, we're going to play you. We're going to change your career. We're going to move you on. I don't care what kind of player he is business-wise. If you hand me $8 million plus for Petrovich and I get $7 million from Matt Turner and for my organization $15 million, so what is it, $14 million goes to me, to, to, with, with all due respect, I have to make that move. And if that move breaks your back – then it's a reflection of your roster. It's not a reflection of one player leaving because LAFC got rid of. They didn't bring in seven DEPs guys. Mm-hmm. We we talk as if LAFC brought in seven days and eight of native players. No, they didn't. They didn't. They're bringing in under twenty twos. Barrero's a fantastic signing. I think he's even better than what Buchanan was at this point of his career. And Buchanan turned into something. The revolution now are all of a sudden being discussed by scouts in Europe by other people. Because they're part of the game now, they're selling players. They're understanding moving on. If they get eight million plus and move on Petrovich, they will be one. Because you guys all told me, and everyone told me, losing Matt Turner is going to break their back. I think Petrovich is better than Matt Turner. Yeah. So uh, you just got to have your scouting system. You got to have ability to sign players and go get them. Because what Chris Tierney and Curtin Alfo did to get Petrovich for less than two million dollars. It's one of the best moves this league's ever seen. I guess it took too
0: long to have that impact really make a difference for the Revs.
3: I guess that would be who's my also course. Petrovic was up for goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, who's yeah, in- it was his first season. Tommy, we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on. No, no, let's backtrack no, 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 a little
0: right. bit. Like, hold on. No, no, no. Let's not, let's, not, let's not deviate away from that for a second. You talk about not being, you know, one guy breaking a team's back, and and Bruce, and that would lead to you thinking that did Bruce build the best roster depthwise you know to have these guys ready for when guys are interchanging or not I think it's a new thing for New England. this is a new you know it, this wasn't a seller's market for ever before Bruce got here so to have this type of new conversation it's just it's a new type of you know way of approaching business it's for, type of culture for, that for Bruce New England and that's why it's harder it. for a New England to be able to turn around players than it is for an laFC a
2: Seattle, a Miami, yeah, but but, but yeah, I, I we're saying signing Omar Gonzalez didn't pan out the way they wanted it to, right? Injuries were there. Buxa was on fire. Buxa desperately wanted to go to Europe before the World Cup. If you ask Adam Bucsa right now, was it the right move? I'm not totally sure he would agree with that. And so you, you look around and say, yeah, absolutely. But the revolution have changed. If you bring Kurtinolfo and Chris Tierney into a room with Bruce Arena and his staff, guys, it's a different revolution. They are not that they, they are part of the business sense. Their academy's been fantastic mm. since since has gotten in charge of that. You're talking mm. about another player that is going to get a real transfer offer, but that's easier to adjust. A player that's young, up and coming, and not really. Um, at the top of it, you could say if, if Buck wants to leave, yeah, we'll give you in the in the winter time when our season ends. They'll do that type of deal. Petrovich is a game changer, and you want your goalkeeper to come. And I just I hope for the revolution's sake they've got a decision to make because that means their business is being recognized by others. And the word I'm hearing from many of people in Europe, Petrovich is at the forefront of every goalkeeping scout and prospect all over the world, and I think it's cool from a revolution perspective, that you could have two players sold for $15 million plus because that means now all of a sudden you understand what kind of business you're in because as you guys said it, I didn't to make sure that's abundantly clear. Uh, that was never part of the conversation. I would
1: say not all of us. Not all of us. But you bring up Adam Buxa, Taylor. I want to go back to that because I saw your tweet from a few days ago. You mentioned what you just mentioned on the show. Uh, what are you hearing about Buxa? Do you think it's a potential for him to come back to New England if he does come back to MLS? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, the thoughts are exactly what I tweeted. I'd be shocked if Adam Buxa isn't in MLS this summer. Um, it was very, very, very close for him joining one of two inquiring teams this past transfer window, um, and Adam is exploring his MLS options as we speak. Is New England one of them? I know Bruce Arena is on the record, and and I'll hear from – yeah, they would absolutely be interested, but now all of a sudden there's going to be a little bit of a, of a fight to get him because there are other teams that are very interested – And what Adam can do, and mind you, it was those last seven, eight games that he played last season before leaving that has convinced other managers he could probably score 15, 20 goals in this league with the right setup. How do you do that
0: from a, from a, because MLS roster rules are so wonky that, you know, Adam Buxa was considered a designated player. The Revs have three designated players on the roster right now. Would they have to buy down Gustavo Bo to a Tam or Gam level player to, to get Adam Buxa back here, hypothetically, if that was to be the, the bit of business that they did?
2: I don't want to lose any of the podcast listeners because we are getting into a calculator weeds that, like, I, I'm not, nope. Um, all depends on the numbers. It depends on how much tam. All of those factors. Um, but would the res be interested? Sure, absolutely. They'd be dumb not to be. And Bruce Arena's on the record at saying that. It's just other teams have been on the re- uh, not on the record. And uh, Adam Buchsa may have uh, his you know choice to, to to make, which could
0: be interesting. Quarter-way point of the season. Who are the top teams that you're looking at in the Eastern Conference? Who are the teams that
2: you're disappointed with in the East? um that's a good one i think toronto while the record doesn't show it i don't think they're far off of having something to say what's their record one one and six it's six draws you know that that's a situation there they got way too much talent they have a position open for a nine um this summer um i think they may make a signing and then you know with bob bradley and his experience they're interesting i i love fc cincinnati um You've got to find a way to win games. One-nil, no, they couldn't do it last year. Pat Noonan, Dominic Kinnear, those guys have done it. However, there, Tom, to bring it back to the conversation, they're in a very tricky spot. Uh, they're going to sell Brainer. They're more than likely going to have to make a big-time decision on Vasquez if the rumors are true and the offers that they're going to get. And so they could be off to a great year, and then they lose two of their three best-attacking players. They've got to have options. They've got to have, uh, replacements ready. So that's an interesting one. Um, disappointment. I, I'm a little surprised Charlotte hasn't been as good as I thought they would be, but their roster's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird roster. Um,
3: but honestly, I, this is LAFC's league to lose. So. Uh, Exciting times right now just overall United States soccer obviously you know with uh, coming off of the World Cup a lot of young talent a lot of international well borderline international players choosing to play in the United States but here locally we have uh, Rhode Island a USL team coming to Rhode Island and will be kicking off next year as a guy that spent a lot of time in this area uh, you know how important is is the USL as a whole for MLS and US soccer and you're gonna come to any games.
2: Yeah, dude, I, I, I can't wait. I mean, Providence deserves this. Rhode Island deserves this. Uh, Michael Parker's does not deserve this. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's awesome. I, I'm excited for Kano Smith. Um, he's put in a real, real grind of hard work to learn the business, uh, to learn the trade. He gets an opportunity to do it. Uh, but that, that town, Providence, has some of the best soccer people. In soccer representation of what this market can be and what it should be. And honestly, the USL has a huge impact on what this sport is and, and where it's going to be throughout the rest of the time and when the World Cup comes here. So Providence deserves to be on, on the soccer landscape, and, and I'm happy they're going to do it right with their stadium, and, and I'm happy I got a couple uh, friends of mine that are going to be a part of that. Opening time. So, yeah, absolutely. If I got any time in my schedule, yeah. which is as hard as it comes, I will 1,000% be at a Providence game. Were you out in Providence when you were playing for the Revs? Did you ever come down here? Uh, I came down there a lot, actually. My brother was at Stanford. They play Brown every year. So I came. I went to two Brown games every year. Jeff Larenowitz, uh obviously played for Brown, so I went down there. I play a lot of golf in Rhode Island. Uh, I did many, many hours in Providence. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, we appreciate what, what was that? No, yeah. I was just asking if you guys had anything. Yeah. Else before, I mean, just, we'll just it to go. wrap
1: just to wrap up with, with the revs game against uh sporting KC on Saturday night, uh, how would you approach this as a player? I mean, these are the trap games that we talk about where a yeah. team that's riding high playing a team that's at the bottom of the West. They've scored two goals through eight games. This is a big mental test, I think for the revolution because this is a game you should win.
2: Yeah. You just put it the best way now. You're asking me as a player, I went into trap games expecting to score seven goals. So I was the worst guy to ask, right? <laughs> so you're like, yeah, no, no, this is all about me. I'm going to score as many goals as possible. But all kidding aside, Peter Vermees teams, this team with some of the players in that, they they can't get out of their own way. Sometimes the Wounded Dog is the absolute worst team to play. But I would be stunned if Bruce Arena doesn't have this team ready and I would be stunned if the Revs drop points at home against this sporting Kansas City team because I really do believe they are up against it. They haven't shown any signs of getting out of it. And I think Bruce understands that and, and knows that well and will take advantage of it. I mean,
0: that just had to feel like a loss the other night. You're beating Columbus one nothing on the road. You probably should have been up 2 nothing if Giacomo finishes one of his chances in the first half. And then a stupid red card or a stupid yellow, second yellow card from Dylan Barrero completely swings the momentum of the game. And say what you want about the clock, as I said in the first segment. just It makes no difference. You should have won that game in Columbus, but just stupid decisions killed you at the end. From uh, player personnel side and from Barrero side.
2: Yeah. I, I listen, I am with you. If, if, if you're blaming the, the ref and time and extra time and whatnot, then I, I just, it just doesn't feel right. It never has. Obviously was it part of it? Sure. But then you dissect it as as you guys probably talked about in the segment, it wasn't that far off. I think the first yellow is an interesting debate there because it's consistently not called. Um, but it is now all of a sudden over the last two weeks, because that's a point of emphasis But my biggest concern from the revs, as I told you guys already, is the amount of chances they give up. They give up chances. They rely on Petrovic to stand on his head. At some point, that damn breaks. You've got to be prepared to have a little bit of a different element of how you want to play. That would be my biggest concern. But Columbus is a good team. I enjoy watching them play. Uh, I I think as a neutral, they're they're a fun team to cover. Wilfred Nancy is is a real good manager. But I'm with you. That has to feel like a loss when you've gotten to that point, 1-0, survive the red card, and then you give up a goal in that manner. You sit there and say, really? Mm, There you
0: go. MLS season passes. What do you
3: got? Yeah, no, I was going to say you took time in between dad duty to come give us some time. We really appreciate (laughs) it. Much respect. Thank you. Appreciate no, it. you guys
2: are great. Uh, keep up the good work. We need more people talking about the game, so uh, I appreciate what you guys do.
0: Get us on that debate show when uh, with with Apple. We'll have we'll, we'll gladly provide <laughs> content. We'll
3: let us know who we got to <laughs> send it to. Yeah, we
2: just want to keep viewers. We don't want to lose them. Yeah,
3: that's a great. That's a very valid point. As a matter of fact, we're going to clip that. That's what we're going to use this week for Twitter. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> MLS season passes. Taylor Twelman joining
0: us
2: on New England Soccer Weekly. Taylor, thank you.
3: Yep. See you guys. Be good.